What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track, formerly known as Pave the Way Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Helbeck, and on this show, you are gonna learn exactly how to be successful as a real estate investor. It doesn't matter if you're brand new or if you've done dozens and dozens of deals. This is a podcast you're gonna be able to listen to that's gonna give you actionable, specific advice on how to be successful within real estate investing. I'm gonna interview top-notch real estate investors each and every week, and there's also gonna be some content that is just gonna be me telling you exactly about my journey and how I've went from a broke kid starting out to a million-dollar real estate investor. So if you wanna learn how to be successful investing in real estate, this is the show to listen to, and I'm looking forward to being able to serve you at a high level. All right, so today I got my buddy Augie on the show, and we're actually going to talk about a, a real interesting topic with rental property investing and, and why cash flow really doesn't matter at the end of the day, especially when you're starting your journey as a buy and hold investor. So, Augie, before we get into that, like, how did you start buying rental properties? Because you've been doing real estate for a while, and a lot of people get stuck in this hamster wheel of flipping houses and being a broker. So, you know, how did you really get smart and start, you know, really focusing on buy and hold? <laughs> Getting smart. I, I yeah. like that, man. Hey, yeah. thanks for ha having me first. My it's pleasure. always fun and, you know, talking to you and our conversation. It, it, I have a lot to learn from you, too. So, but here I am your guest spilling the beans on how to get wealthy with buying rental properties. Yes. So I got my, I'm a real estate broker, got my license 2005, uh, opened my brokerage 2010. Um, started buying rental properties in 2016, okay. and that time I borrowed money against my personal home, get line of credit, so I can start putting down payments. Then I figure out that the money that I had is not going to last very long, so I, I had to go and be more creative so I can acquire more properties and keep the same cash I have. Sure. And since then, I created that. And I, you know, this it's called Burr on steroids. How how we? I do it you know. now from you. <laughs> so you know, it's a yeah, Burr on steroids. So um, it's it's a very creative way. How you know with the Burr, the biggest problem is you buy the property, you create a lot of equity, and you put a down payment, but you have to wait six months to a year to get that cash out. So you yes. can buy another property. Yes. And after this month, by the way, um, Fannie and Freddie are changing their rules. 12. Yeah. 12 months, right? It's going to be 12 months and cash out refi is going to be pretty expensive. So that was the problem. So I had to solve that issue to you know, more property. So I came with the burn steroids where I could buy the properties and immediately next day I can refinance and get my, my money out and just get it get it going so um now after that i since i started buying rental properties i start started a property management company so you know as a if i'm going to have rental properties why not just manage it myself Do it in so house, sorry, yeah. that, yes so that's having that experience so a few years later and you know this because i work with you to train my acquisition guys i started uh acquisition company buying properties directly in the state of Arizona, directly from homeowners, and also buying properties uh, at a trustee sales too. What is so, it a it's a bank owned property, right? Trustee sales. Uh, trust no 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 when when the person stops making the payments, yeah. The bank starts the foreclosure and if they don't pay, it ends up in a 
trustee sale auction okay, foreclosure, foreclosure auction so okay. and we go there live bid and um we pay the you know uh, the price and we just get it so um so that's what that's where my my experience comes um out of um personally handling and I have a unique point of view of, like, I would say, like 360 degrees of the whole process from acquisition to managing to um, being landlord and being a property manager at the same time. So that's why my experience comes. And um, I'd like to help other people like you get wealthy. Which you've already done. We've already started huh? the ball, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I got yep. two in the chamber. I, I mean, I've had properties before I started working with you, but you really opened my eyes up to the whole, you know, burr on steroids and, you know, we're going to start. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. But that's why, that's why we, we, we talking today about um, why cash flow doesn't matter. Yes. Because, you know, I don't know. It's just for the last 15, 20 years, I guess people just repeating the same thing that they've heard from other investors, cash flow, cash flow. I want minimum 500 bucks cash flow, you know, things like that. So, when you start understanding how we make money as an investor, as a buy and hold investor, and then you're going to figure out how, why the cash flow is not really important that much. Wow. So, um, especially when you're starting in your first years of investing, you don't have much rent, too many rental properties. So, my point of view is in the first five rental properties that you have, you should not care about cash flow. But the only thing oh, you should guess. care, the only thing that you should care is building equity. So Your forget first, about the cash flow, the first five, really concentrate on building equity. The first five has to be the best deals in that you've ever acquired <laughs> with you know 20, 25% equity or okay. fifty, hundred thousand dollar equity. Each property. So, each property, because once you build the equity, that's going to 10x your buying strategy. Because you can take the equity, combine it, and what I call it is creating a bank. Interesting. A bank, your own personal bank, that you have your equity, and you can tap into that money so you can start buying more properties. Interesting. Interesting. So basically, and I like how you're talking about this now, because a lot of people, they will go and they'll drink the Kool-Aid and they'll buy a rental property and they'll look at the cash flow and they'll not get a good deal. And then they'll be stuck with not a lot of equity, making $600 a month, when really, ultimately, that's not going to really do much unless you have a bunch of properties. And they, they really just stunt their growth from being able to get more properties because there's not much they can do with the small equity they have. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I always ask the people I talk to, what, what, what would you take? If you have two options, I'll, I'll give you a property that has no equity, but brings 5,000 cash flow per month. Or if I give you a free and clear property that brings five, it, it has 500,000 equity. Which of the two scenarios will bring more opportunities down the road for you. The one with all the equity. Exactly, because you have a free and clear property, you go to a bank and say, I have a free and clear property. You can open a line of credit, 100,000 for 350. Now we have 350, 
thousand cash almost like you can tap in at any single point it's like and, a credit card and the credit card and you can buy it good deals on a moment notice you call me and say hey i have a great wholesale deal it, you just look it up within five minutes i can buy it i can wire the money by the end of the day yeah it's such you yeah. have so much more ability to buy these properties yeah and deal. if you have five thousand dollars cash flow per month man great that's a great living but if you call me and say i have this great deal i was like Okay, let me call my mortgage guy. Let me get a see if I can get approved, and then I can buy it. You know, within thirty days, because and he was like, "Nah, I'll go with the guy with the three hundred fifty line of credit that can buy it immediately." Well, in a second, no bullshit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And five grand a month is only gonna like that can only really get you to a certain lifestyle. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you're not we're not in this business to make five grand a month. We're in this business to to get wealthy. You know, exactly because so now it gets me to the point like. We, you have to understand how, as a buy and hold investor, how we make money. How do we do that? So, all right. So we have five ways that we make money with every rental properties. So first one, very simple. Eventually, the price of the property goes up. Yeah. You know, you know like markets are up and down, you know, 20% up, 15% down. But when you look at the span of 20 years, you have an average of three to five percent growth oh, on your yeah. price. Yeah, Not more. Some markets way more than that. Second thing is, even if the price of the property doesn't go up that much, your mortgage is being getting paid off. Yes, by the and by the tenant, up. by the tenant. And the that's rent the second up. thing. And the rent goes up. That's the third thing we make money off because rents are usually um, related to the inflation in the country or the state. So you buy the property with locked mortgage for 30 years at 1500 a month, and you rent it at 1500 a month with zero cash flow. But the, the, the rent goes up with three, five, 8% per year, because the inflation goes up. And five years later, you, you rent this 2000 a month. So your cash flow continues to, to go up and up and up. But the mortgage payment is locked for 30 years. That's so, the key, Dan. You just made so, such a good key that because that's where people get stalled. They say, oh, it doesn't cash flow right now. It makes $50 a month today, not tomorrow. Exactly. So, and now is zero cash. But the fourth thing we make money is huge tax benefits. There's no other thing like real estate that gives you so many benefits out of. Uh, reducing your tax burden to the government, especially when you're considered real estate professional. What does that mean if someone's not familiar with that? The real estate professional. Uh, real estate professional is uh, you don't have to. You don't need to have a license. You just have to have. The rule is minimum 750 hours per year in real estate activity, and your main source of income to come from real estate. There's, there's a lot of little things, that, but that's the main, main point of view. So if you're a fix and flipper full time, if you're a wholesaler full time, if you're a landlord full time, that's all yes. real estate professional. If you're an agent yes. full time. Yes, yes. And that allows you to take unlimited loss in real estate and you apply it to your ordinary income. And I'll explain a little later how it works. Interesting. So that's the fourth thing, unbelievable tax benefits with real estate. 
Here's the fifth thing, the bonus that nobody knows, nobody talks about. It's the inflation. Inflation is our hidden friend that helps us make more money. So this is how it works. We leverage all the properties. We never buy and hold with cash. We work with the banks to borrow as much as we can. Yeah. You know, reasonably, of course. Yeah. So if you borrow a million dollars in the beginning of the year, okay, and and the inflation in the country is eight percent, at the end of the year, at the million dollars are worth only nine hundred and twenty thousand. Oh, because you get eighty off because of the inflation. Eight percent eats the a million bucks. Yeah. So what we do is we borrow money today and pay it later on a cheaper dollar. When you're paying the mortgage, you mean? Yes, you pay, pay the mortgage, pay off the loan. Um, you just pay it down the road. You borrow a million bucks, but the, the million dollars, their value goes down and down and down. And mm -hmm. your income goes up and up and up. So you pay, you borrow it at, at current value and you pay it at cheaper dollars. It's no one like talks get, about that, dude. It's like getting paid to borrow money. Literally. That's it. That's what we do. Getting paid, getting paid to borrow money. So these are the five ways we as a buy and hold investors make money. And if if you take this very boring appreciation of three to five years, three to five percent a year, um, rent increase three to five percent a year. If you do just regular investing, 20% down payment, over the span of 20 years, your average return per year is between 40 and 60% return. It's a home run. Yes. There's no other investment that can give you 40 to 60% per year. And that's if just, you're doing regular, like, yes. percent down payment rentals, not yes. if, the one stuff we, that you and I do. Yes. If we do, if you follow us, or we do the burn on steroids, we're moving from 40 to 60% to 1,500% per year return. Yeah, literally. It's crazy. I, I'll repeat that. 1,500% return per year. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then it's unlimited, uh, like infinite return. That's what we call it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all house money. It's I, I call it getting a free house. Yeah. Sometimes you get paid to buy a house, right? It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, so the cash flow thing, this is the big takeaway that I got. You know, I've worked with you and, and, you know, obviously we're in touch a lot about this stuff. Like at the end, I'm just looking at this wasp right next to me. Oh, and there's a wasp. Oh, there's a, there's a, it's getting hot out here on the East coast. So there was a, a wasp. Tell me about it. Nine, nine degrees in Phoenix in April. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the big thing that I got from you was if you can concentrate on just buying good properties with the equity and not letting the cat, cause I used to like, decline buying rentals because they didn't make enough cash flow. And once you kind of change my mindset on how to think about them, I don't necessarily care about cash flow. And then I went back and looked at the properties that I have now and like all that cash flow, it just goes right back into the account because I don't need it because we, I do enough business on, you know, flipping properties. So the equity is what I'm going for now. So like this new property that you actually helped me buy, it'll make like on paper, maybe $300 a month, but it doesn't matter because that's year one, not year 10. You know what I mean? 
but you also also have to say how much cash have you put into the deal zero correct and actually did you get paid i did i did i did you got yourself an assignment fee right yeah yeah i did I <laughs> you did. paid yourself from your yeah. own property yeah <laughs> assignment i made fee. money yeah you put you don't put anything it's going to cash flow and how much equity you, you have in the property uh eighty thousand dollars ninety thousand dollars yeah something like that yeah. yeah so but let's go back to the concept of why cash flow doesn't matter and deals like this that you just um mentioned matters because remember we have the fourth thing that they said we make money is from taxes yes as a real estate professionals so let me give you a scenario with negative cash flow not even positive cash flow negative cash flow Let's say right now we're expecting a good year because seller will be distressed, recession. We're going to be able to find good deals. Yeah. But mortgage rates are high and you cannot cash flow, but you can find a good deals. Yes. So let's let's play the scenario that we go and buy the bullet with a negative cash flow because you have a good co-selling business, go fix, fix and flip. Cash flow doesn't matter. Or you have a good job, you make a lot of money. You know, you can afford to lose 100, 200 bucks a month. Oh, yeah. So, so let's say you get you guy like you that has wholesale business has access to good deals. All day long. So let's say I play this in my market where the value is a little higher. We're in the three, 400,000. Let's say this is a good um, real scenario for us in the rental market. Let's say you find a deal that the property doesn't need much work, just a lipstick, and it can be rented immediately. It it can appraise for four hundred thousand. Okay. And then, but you can buy it at three hundred thousand. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Let's say that's twenty five percent equity. Easy. Yeah. Right no brainer. Yes, but if you get a mortgage for three hundred thousand at six and a half, seven and a half percent, you're going to be negative cash flow probably two hundred bucks. Yeah. Sounds about Everybody's right. going to say, fuck, no, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't make sense, right? But let's let's just humor me for a little bit. Let's play the game. You buy the property and you get negative cash flow, 200 bucks a month. Yes. And then you go and every three months buy four deals like this one. That you have 200 bucks negative cash flow. Okay. But you get four properties each one has four hundred thousand dollars of equity at this point you're going negative eight hundred dollars cash negative cash flow per month correct okay. yeah but because you have a good job you have good business yeah you're you making afford, yeah, yeah. You, you're okay for losing 800 bucks a month so now we've lost a negative cash flow for the year Close to twelve thousand bucks. No, uh, eight so ten thousand dollars. Eight hundred bucks loss. Loss of negative cash flow. You know, huge problem. But now let's play the the tax game. So all every time we buy a property, each property becomes a business in the eyes of IRS. We have once we have a business, IRS tells us that we have to depreciate the building of this business. 
correct? I so now we have a property that's worth 400,000. Um, in order, and we can take depreciate, we have to depreciate the building. The rule is you take the value of the, of the uh, property minus the value of the land, you get the value of the building and, it, it and divide that value by 27 and a half years. So let's say for easy math, the property is worth 400, the land is 120 something, and the property, the building is worth 275,000. Divide that in uh, 27 and a half years. Uh, yes, so uh, 300,000, yeah, 27 and a half years, so you get about 10,000 a year. That's depreciation of the building. And on paper, IRS tells us this is a loss. So we have negative cash flow, we have a loss. So each property is losing $20,000 a year. So you have four properties. You take the four properties that lose 20,000 a year on paper, that's $80,000 loss. On properties with equity in them. Yeah, like these properties, they're yeah, losing money, me, but there's- Let me just make sure that I'm not doing the numbers too much so it's very realistic. If we have 10,000 negative cash flow and in, in interest rates and taxes, and then you have depreciation. Yeah, $20,000 per property on loss on paper. Because the cash flow of the loss rent and then the depreciation. So yeah. And 20%. yes, also you have some repairs. Also you oh, have yeah. some, some uh, you, all the property taxes are deduction. Um, all the interest you pay for the mortgage is deduction. All the, all the closing costs for buying deduction. the properties are, yeah. Deduction. So $20,000 per property loss on paper. You have yeah. four properties, that's $80,000 loss on paper. But now, because we are real estate professionals, we can take that loss on paper and um, help us with uh, take it towards our ordinary income on flipping or wholesaling properties. So let's say, for example, somebody makes five hundred grand a year flipping houses, right? That's their net income. Now their net, let's say their their potential tax liability is five hundred thousand dollars, right? However, now if we take that eighty thousand dollar real estate loss, you just immediately take that and start whacking down your tax balance, correct? It is. And so it's $80,000 of expense. Expense. But in order to calculate the real cash value of that expense is take the expense and divide it by your percentage bracket you're in. So let's say most wholesalers or self-employed people will be close to the 30% bracket. Yes, for sure. 30% of your income you have to pay in the form of a tax. Taxes, yeah. So when you have $80,000 expense on a 30% bracket, you just take the expense divided by the 30% bracket, and you're going to see what's your real cash value that you're deducting your taxes. Taxes. So 80000 divided by 30%, that's 24000 of in cash real. tax savings. Yes. But you still own these properties. That's the key. Yes. And so, cash flow, yeah, it's a, it just made you, that loss on the rental literally made you money in taxes. Exactly. You lost 
10,000 for the year on negative cash flow. But at the end, he brought 14,000 more in less, paying less in taxes. Less paying taxes. And you have all so, the equity still. Exactly. So the cash flow is just per month. At the end of the year, you actually make money. Man. So, so now, wait, we're not done yet. There's more. There's more. <laughs> There's more. Now we have four properties and you have $400,000 of equity. Is it 100 each? Uh, each 100 week? each. Okay, That's 400 grand. Negative cash flow, but at the end of the year, you offset your taxes. You actually ahead 14 grand. Yeah. Now, yeah. what you can do after only like, let's say a year and a half to whatever, you have 100%. If you decide, sell, let's say you sell the properties and even pay the, the, the capital gain tax in 15, 20%, you're okay. gonna end up probably with 300,000 cash in your pocket. Uh, 100 about, grand in tax liability. Uh, yeah, let's say, let's say we, don't, we don't go in the, in the details and being creative of saving taxes, just go straight and sell it, pay the taxes. Now we get the $300,000 and we buy one property cash. Okay. And that property, we rent it. And that property, um, you know, again, you, you buy it below market. It's worth 400,000. You buy it at 300 cash with your own personal cash. Now, this property cash flows 2,000 a month because you don't have no mortgage. And you have 400,000 of equity at free and clear property. And you can use that to be the bank. And Correct. that becomes your bank. Now you go to local credit union, commercial bank, and say, I have this free and clear property, cash flows to 2000 a month. Give me a line of credit against this property. They'll, they'll give you about 75% LTV. Property appraised to 400. They'll give you 300,000 line of credit. That is like a credit card credit that you card can tap card. in at yeah. any single point. And now... You start doing the same thing with your own cash. You don't have to use hard money. You don't have to use ask for money. It's your own personal bank at a very reasonable rate, five, six percent. It doesn't have to be even a hard money loan. And you're just paying the money when you're borrowing it. So when you're not borrowing it, you're not liable for it. And you can, exactly. if you can find these good deals, which is what wholesalers and flippers know how to do. Yeah, you're the banker. You, you have you, you have full control over your wealth, basically. Yeah, and now when we go deeper into the burn steroids, when we start creating our hard money companies and and entities to borrow against and and high taxes and things like that, then the, the, the it's it's exponential growth. It's just ten x from this point on. It can buy unlimited unlimited rental properties. Unlimited, and that's why but, I like how you use that example. To like put a bow on everything on why cash flow doesn't matter because the next time we do a show we're gonna deep dive the burr on steroids and that's something when you shared that with me i'm gonna like tease the listeners so the next month they listen to it yeah. when you shared that with me i had like an epiphany and i was like wow that that makes a lot of sense but the first thing i wanted to cover was why cash flow doesn't matter because most people read rich dad poor dad and they got to quit their job and they got to make $200 a month off a rental property. That's, that's not how you do yeah, it. Yeah, and, and then it's, we, we got we to do a show on, on the being bankable. That's, that's the other thing. That's another, know? that's, that's with, with, the, with a depreciation yeah. and all that, that you don't pay taxes, but you go to the bank and say, give me a loan. And they say, oh yeah, we'll give you a loan. How much do you want? <laughs> if you pay zero <laughs> taxes, 
but you're you're bankable. You can borrow as much as you want. And there's a lot of value in that because you can do those those rate and term refis like clockwork. So uh, yes, yes, we got a yes. lot to cover in our podcast series. So so cash flow doesn't matter, man. No. Cash flow doesn't matter. We we just made that point clear, and we used a great example. And I'm glad we used the example to to show people the um you know the point that we were trying to make. So. We're gonna do a we're gonna do this mini series once a month. So next month we're gonna cover the burr on steroids. So before we get into that, if people want to check you out and, and learn from you, what is the best way for them to learn from you? What's your website called? Um, we have the burr on steroids. We have the, you know, everything we put together into the Buy and Hold Academy, and that's okay. the website's coming soon. The best way right now is to call me directly, and I'll okay. my so either find me on uh, Facebook. Um, or Instagram, Augie Penev, um, or call me directly. My number is 602-405-8156. That's my cell, 602-405-8156. Um, call me directly, text me, you know, um, I'll be happy to to help you. Beautiful. Yeah, Augie's yeah. The, he's the real deal. He, uh, I started working with him, and now, like, my whole mind has changed with, like, buying these rentals now. And- and- Already started getting give, the ball Give rolling. me a wholesaler that has a successful wholesale business. I'm going to make them wealthy. <laughs> just, they don't understand what they have. And like yeah. what you had, you know, it's very easy for me just to, to, to make you wealthy, really, really wealthy. Yeah. So, well, we just started with the first property last week. Well, I mean, I've had properties beforehand, but now we have this new yeah. one, other new one. I got uh, another one I'm renting out. I got the tenant out. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's just the rental business is a great business if you really, um, if you focus on it. Right. So we'll make sure we have that in the show notes. I really appreciate you hopping on today. I'm looking forward to our interview. We're going to do next month on the burr on steroids. And until then, I hope you have a great uh, rest of your day and we will talk soon. Cool, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye. Hey, what's going on? This is Greg Hellbeck here. And if you're listening to this, odds are you are a real estate investor. And a big question that I always get asked is Greg, how do you get your deals? So I have the answer to that question. The main way that I get deals, and it's been this way for years, is through direct mail marketing. Now, direct mail marketing is certainly not easy, but if you have direct mail dialed in the right way, it is profitable month after month after month after month. So I'm actually going to give you a free guide, which is my top five direct mail mistakes. So if you want to check out my guide absolutely for free, Go to directmailclass.com, put in your name and email, and you will get my guide, which is my top five fatal direct mail mistakes. If you just use that guide alone, it will make you a much better direct mail marketer. So if you want to learn how to optimize and become very successful finding deals through direct mail marketing for your real estate investment company, go to directmailclass.com and get my free guide. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I hope you got a lot of value from this specific episode. And there are a few takeaways that you're able to gather from this to implement in your business so you can be a more successful real estate investor. So if you did get value from the show, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes, it would really mean a lot to me. That's how we keep growing the show and getting great guests is because people see the reviews. They see that we have a high quality show and they want to contribute as a guest. So that would be great. Also, if you got value, if you could share the show on social media, that would be great because that is how people see this. 
besides the reviews. So once again, if you did get value, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes and share the show on social media, it would really mean a lot to me and I'll see you on the next episode.